Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. A couple of weeks ago, I got the opportunity to go help a rancher, and I usually, it was the first time that he had, he had called me. I, I've known him for a long time, and I've worked with him, but I've never got the call from him. And so whenever I got the call from him, it, it really meant a lot to me. And so I saddled up uh, uh, Fiona and we headed out towards Elbert and we were going to go gather bulls. Now, if you have never had the supreme, uh, grandiose adventure of gathering bulls, um, it will test the limits of your Christianity like nothing else will, because it, and, and this was a perfect illustration, um, you know, we get there and we get unloaded and we've got, we've got two red bulls that are kind of younger and we've got two Charlet bulls that are a little older to go get. And so we, we get riding along and, and the rancher, it's just me and him, he sends me out one way and he said, there won't be anything over there. there I, I guarantee you there ain't going to be nothing over there. But we, you just need to ride over there just to make sure. I said, okay. So I ride over there. And there's every cowboy that's ever gathered cattle has done it. You can see everything except this one little part right there. In order to see that little part, you got to ride like a quarter of a mile. And, and that's one way. So it's, it's a half a mile long trot. Well, Fiona was kind of getting a little chubby, so I thought it might do her good. And so anyway, we got over there, and sure enough, right on the, uh, the edge of that, that deal that I couldn't really see. Now, there was a fence line, and they had the gates open, so I really couldn't get there, but I could see that one part. And sure enough, there's two red bovines. Now, there, one's laying down, and, and the other's standing in grass about this, this tall, and they're about half a mile away, so I couldn't see underneath their skirts to, to judge to see if these is two cows that are over there or two bulls that are over there. So anyway, I, I go back and we go to this little water and hole and I tell the rancher, I was like, look, I, you know, I don't see that good anyway. I don't hear that good and I don't smell that good. And um, that's not what I meant. Um, but I said, there's two over there. And I said, I, they could be cows. I, I don't know. And he said, well, we better go check. So what commenced is a, is a 45 minute long trot through the whole pasture because if, you know, where there's one, there's two and where there's two, there might be more. So we go and, and we make this big long circle in a pasture where we don't think anything is. And sure enough, it's those two young bulls. So we get them going, and I mean, it was like we walked up to them and said, hey, would y'all go get in the pen? That would be awfully sweet of you, because that's exactly how easy it was. We got in behind them, and they just trotted on out like they, you know, thought they were going to join in the conversation a little bit, because we were just sitting there visiting, telling, you know, lying to each other about crazy cowboy stories. And, and uh, so we're riding along, and they go right through the gate, and I get on one side, and we turn them right towards the pen. We get them in there, kind of set up some panels. They jump right in, we close the door. The Charlet Bulls were not, they were the exact opposite. We got them, and you know, you always get them right up to the pen. They will let you, you know, and they walk about this slow. And you do that for an hour and a half, because if you get them riled up, then it just goes bad. So you walk that slow all the way to the pens, and then they turn around and they give you the middle hoof and they're gone. And that's what happens. So uh, by this time, there's another cowboy with us. And so um, the rancher takes one and he gets one pinned at another set of pins because it wasn't happening at the, at the little panel deal. And we can't get the other one. So we have to go back now and we have to gather this entire pasture. Okay, so we gather this whole pasture and in order to get one bull. So we push all the cows and the cows are walking about like this. And so we get, we get them all up there and we get them in, get them pinned. And then we take those 
same cows and we go put them back in the pasture that they're supposed to be. So we take them back and then we come back and you can just see how the day's going, right? But you know what? It's still a, it's still a great day. I'm getting to ride with a cowboy that I really admire and, and I learn from him and we're sitting there talking and um, just the opportunity to do that. Well, we get in the pens and we're going to load these bulls up because we're going to take them somewhere. We're going to go get something to eat. And so we, we kind of put them into the little crowd alley, and I, I can't, I'm not really good at explaining pins, but um, there's these big gates and we pushed them through and we're on the inside and this pen isn't much bigger than this stage, okay? And so anyway, we push them in there and as soon as we push them in there, they go to fight. Now, if you don't know what a Charlay bull is, just put hair on that back wall, okay? That's about how big they are and there was two of them and they literally went in and as soon as they crossed the threshold into the little pen, they butted heads and the first thing they start doing is pushing on each other so they start pirouetting, okay? Well, the rancher, he goes to one side and he had the only safe outage. And I turned around and it wasn't a question of if I got run over by two Charlotte bulls, it was how was it going to happen? I'll tell you about what happened later. I love being a cowboy. Being a cowboy is what I picture when I hear the term abundant life. There's a, there's a quote by, by a cowboy named Dale Page. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time and it says this, for a few short years, we were pleased to live as the luckiest of men. We enjoyed the best that this life can give because we were cowboys then. I love that and, and, and anytime I'm out there working, no matter the situation, no matter if the cattle are cooperating or not cooperating, I, I just, I love that feeling of being out there. I mean, I, I know that there's some of you out there that just, you, you wish that you were out there with us and, and you can be. We've got a ranch right now and you can come ride with me and Ty anytime that we're doing something. All you have to do is let us know. There is no excuse for you not to, to appreciate and be able to ride in God's wondrous creation. And I'm there, Ty's there, you're gonna get in a wreck. It's gonna be great, okay? Castle Rock and Parker hospitals are not that far, okay? But you know what? In John chapter 10, verse 10, now you don't have to go there, I'm just gonna read this. Jesus says this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundant. Like I said, we're in this, this series called Be Awesome, where we want people to see our lives and want what we have. Now, if we're walking around as Christians and we're just like, how are you? You ever, you ever uh, gone up to somebody and, and it's written all over their face and before you even know what you're doing, you make the stupid mistake of saying, how are you? Oh my gosh. And here in a second, your nose is bleeding, you know, just from the negativity. I just, <laughs> man, that's not going to attract anybody. You know, I, I just want to smack people whenever they do that. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. and then they say, but I'm just blessed. I'm just so blessed. Well, if that's blessed, I don't want no part of it. Okay. As Christians, we need to be awesome. We, we, we need to let God's light shine through us. We need to be excited about what he's doing in our lives. We need to be excited about about who he is and that's available to us but unfortunately I mean I think that more people look at God as the thief that comes to steal kill and destroy they say well if you follow God you can't do this you can't do that and you know uh, uh. no no that's what the devil does God says I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly God wants us to be awesome so that others will want the same thing which is him I mean, that, that's our goal that's that's everything that we should do is to live our lives in a manner 
that people will want what we have. We have eternal life. We have a man that said, you don't have to depend upon yourself anymore. You don't have to look down on yourself anymore. You can, not in the pride that, that Ty was talking about, but we can be proud of, of who we are, and not who we are, but who we are in Christ. We know that we don't have to fear death. We don't, there are so many benefits. That, the benefits are eternal, literally and figuratively. But yet most people, they look at Christians and they're like, well, if that's the way Christ is, you know, I think it was uh, Gandhi that said, I love this Jesus, but the people that follow him don't act anything like him. Let's, let's, let's switch that out. Let, let's start being awesome, not, not so that people can say, look at us, so that, I, so that God's light can shine through us so that people will be attracted to him. You know, in the first, the first series two weeks ago, this is, the third, this is the third week, we talked about how if you want to be awesome, quit arguing. I mean, in today's society, it's like people walk around to see what they can be offended by. Well, let's see. I'd like you to say something so I can see if I'm offended by that or not. Man, shut up. Man, put your big boy britches on. Put your big girl panties on and quit getting offended by everything. My gosh. Quit arguing with everything. You know what? Nobody cares about your opinion. Nobody cares about my opinion. You know, how about let's save all these two cents? Yeah, well, my two cent worth is this. Let's quit wasting two cents on everything and save them up until they become a wealth of knowledge. Then, you know, because the right, n never confuse freedom of speech with the right to be heard. Our government and our soldiers that died gave us the freedom of speech, but you have to earn the right to be told, or be told to, uh, whatever. <laughs> Ty, would you come get my soapbox and move it to the off the stage, please? Last week we talked about be a city on a hill. Be that cowboy way up here that, that is focused on Jesus out on the outside so that you can keep everybody in line so that when people get lost and they don't know what to do, they can look up and, and they don't, even though it may be you up there, what they see is Jesus shining through you. That's what we talked about last week. You can go to live stream, uh, go to our Facebook page, go to our website, click on watch live. You can go catch up if you haven't, uh, if you want to. And today, obviously, we're going to talk about how to have an abundant life. Now, our kind of theme in all of this is this right here. Your beliefs don't mean anything, okay? I'm not saying that they're not important, but your beliefs, you walking up to somebody and going, well, guess what? I believe in God. People's going to go, well, good people do for you, you know? I mean, our, our beliefs really don't mean anything. Our beliefs don't shine the light of God. Why? The Bible says that even the demons believe in God and they shudder with fear. So your beliefs don't shine the light of God, but your behavior does. Learn how to be awesome. The Bible tells us how to have this abundant life that we're talking about. And in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it seems just so crazy the way God operates. And in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says this, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Now, I, I want you to really, really, really listen and have some sort of mental picture about what this Bible verse says. Here we go. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, but not just full. It will be pressed down, shaken together to make room for even more. What he's saying is, give and you shall receive, but you won't just receive what you gave. We're going to give you back more than what you originally gave, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. That's what God says. If you want to have abundant life, he says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, 
running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And the amount you get back will always be in more abundance than you gave. So I know a lot of you been sitting here for a long time and I know some of you are brand new. And anytime a preacher starts talking about give, they're like, here it comes. You know what? I'm not going to say a word about money today. As a matter of fact, I don't care about money, okay? I, I could care less. What I do care about is an abundant life is comprised of three elements, okay? Now, I'm, I'm not saying that only three elements. This, I, we don't have time to cover everything in the world. We've only got this short amount of time. But an abundant life is compromise, com, compromised, comprised of three elements. The first one is abundant love. Now, what we're going to talk about right here is if you want to receive something, you must learn to give it away. So if you want to receive love, you have to learn to give it away. And not just give it away, give it away, give it away now. Every time I say that, man, I'm breaking into some red hot chili peppers. I play the bass too. I'm going to take my shirt off and jump around. <laughs> easy. I'm not easy. Kathy, abundant love. Loving others, l listen to this, loving others, <laughs> I made the dog whine, loving others is the proof that God's love is in you. Think about that. Loving others is how we prove that we love God. That, that there's just this element, because Jesus said, some Pharisees tried to trap him, and they said, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, there's two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor. Those two things. We love God by loving others, because I know a lot of people that walk around and go, I love God, but they treat everybody else like crap. Well, did Jesus go around treating everybody like crap? No. Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for, for his friends, but not just for his friends. He hung on the cross. And what did he say about the people that were killing him? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus' whole ministry was on loving people. And our ministry should be loving on people. We should give away abundant love. Why? Because in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, says, we love because God loved us first. We're not giving something that we don't have. If you receive the love of God, the natural, if you truly receive the love of God, it's going to be so in you that you are going to want to give that away. If you want to live an abundant life and receive everything that the Bible promises, you got to give that away. Abundant love. Abundant love, though, how, how do you know if you're doing that? How do you know if you're loving abundantly? Well, here's three things that could be looked at as negative, but actually I think that they're a positive. Do you know that abundant love is easily taken advantage of? How many times have we made a decision on whether or not we were going to do something for somebody and we decided against it because we knew that they would take advantage of it? I'd say nine times out of ten, that thought runs through our mind. Well, I, you know, I'm going to do that, but I mean, they may take advantage of me or take it for granted. That's none of your business. When you're abundantly loving, love asks for nothing nothing in return. You, it, it, this is about giving. So what if, you know what, maybe they do take advantage of you, but God can work through that and it may be that, them taking advantage of you, that brings them to Christ. Let them take advantage of you. Who cares? Who cares if you do what Ty talked about and, you know, when we acknowledge that everything that we have comes from God anyway, we're not giving away anything that we have. We're giving away all that God has and he says, freely you receive, so freely give. Abundant love. You know, abundant love doesn't keep a book, you know what I mean? How often with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends, you know, how often do you, do you uh, uh, try to pay for dinner and something? no, you got it last time. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we're constantly trying to keep this tally book going. Man, either love people unconditionally 
Just love them or let people love you. I, it so diminishes the gift whenever we just try to keep a tally, try to keep a record of everything. Thank goodness God doesn't do that. We are perfect in his sight, not because of what we did, but because of what his son did. And the Bible says that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says, your sins I will remember no more. When you go to God and confess your sins, sometimes I think that he goes, Jesus. Yeah, Dad, what's he talking about? He's talking about he did this over there. He's like, never mind, I already took care of it, Dad. Okay, that's what it is to be known, be, be in Christ. Abundant love is easily taken advantage of, taken for granted. Abundant love doesn't keep a tally book. And abundant love never runs out if you love because God loved you first. That's it. You, you can't run it. I mean, to say that you have no more love to give means that you're receiving no more love from God. And if that happens, that's on you because Jesus said that we, he will never leave us nor forsake us. And yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That made more sense in my head. I don't really know how that ties in. I just wanted to you know, throw out a random scripture. Not really. Abundant love. An abundant life is comprised of, of three very important key elements. And this relates to our behavior of being awesome, of letting God's light shine through us. Abundant love. How about this? Abundant kindness. You know what? Anybody can be nice. The world doesn't need more niceness. It needs more kindness. Kindness is love in action. Not being nice. I, anybody can be nice. I'm talking about kindness. Kindness comes from the heart. Niceness usually comes from some, you know, my daddy will beat me if I don't say yes ma'am or no ma'am. You know what I mean? It, niceness is just manners. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with manners, but we need more kindness in this world. Being nice requires nothing. Being kind gives a piece of yourself to the recipient. Being nice reveals manners. Being kind reveals love. There was two things that happened in the same week, and he ain't gonna like this because he's just not this type of guy. We were at a football game in Cripple Creek, Colorado, cheering along. I, I'm that crazy guy in the stands that's hollering at everybody and screaming at everybody, not screaming bad about everybody, but it wasn't the touchdown run that Griffin made. It wasn't the 60-yard touchdown pass that Griffin caught. It wasn't all the tackles that he made from the middle linebacker and defensive tackle position that I was most proud of. After the game was over, the kids are all in the middle and they're good game, good game, good game, good game, good game. And a ref jogs over and jumps the fence to come to the stands where there was four of us in the stands. And he said, is number 17 your son? And my first reaction is, what did he do? I know my boy. I know my boy. He thinks bathroom humor is as funny as his dad does. So I figured it's, you know, something like that. No, but all these things ran through my mind. And then you know what I said? I said, he sure is. And he said, you've got one classy kid. You should be proud of him. And he shook my hand and turned around and walked off. A ref came and jumped the fence to come ask me if that was my son. And so later on, I come up, Griffin come over and I said, dude, this ref came over here and, and said this. Why? He goes, I don't know. I said, come on, man. Why, why, did it, why, did he, why did he come tell me that? And he goes, just because I was cool to everybody, even when I was trying to knock their heads off. <laughs> I love you, son. <laughs> You're gonna make me, my mascara's gonna run. Oh, I love that. You know, that, that's being kind. Knock somebody's head off and help them up. Pat them on the butt. There was two female players. Don't do that, son. Um, could be taken wrong. But the other thing is, you know, Griffin is homeschooled, so three days a week we go to the gym and we work out, and then I take him to the skate park. He loves riding a skateboard. And so on Fridays we go to Parker, because it's a little bigger skate park. And so I'm sitting there in the truck and I'm watching him and there's these two little kids that want to drop into the bowl or whatever it's called. And you can tell they're scared because both of them got their little skateboards up and that's all they do for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and I can imagine the conversation is going something like this. You do it. No, you do it. Well, you're scared. No, you're scared. <laughs> yeah. And so Griffin pulls up and he starts helping to show them how to do it. I took a picture of that and I thought, you know what? That's kindness to go up to a stranger and, and, and just offer some assistance. He was going to get nothing out of it. He didn't even know I was 
was watching. He wasn't doing it so that I'm proud or anything. He did it because, man, he's kind. He's not perfect, but he's kind, and I love that. And, and, and I think that we can learn stuff from our children. You know, watch, watch kids at daycare. You know, they're like angels and demons a little bit. You know, they're either the kindest, you know, give everybody a kiss, or, you know, they're smacking everybody. But, you know, that's, that's okay. Not much different than adults, huh? Abundant love. Abundant kindness. And the third thing, abundant giving. You don't really start giving until you've given beyond what you want to do. We have a young man, thinks he's old, but he's still young. We have a young man staying with us, trying to give him a leg up in life. And day before yesterday, he got plumb sick. I'm talking about bad sick. Sick enough that we took him to the hospital. And as I was driving over there, it was about 2.30 in the afternoon. We're driving over to Castle Rock Adventist, and he turns to me, and he says, I'm sorry if, you, if I ruined your day. Now, you got three guesses if you think that I wanted to go to the hospital and sit in a waiting room for six hours. I did not want to do that bite any means at all. And just because we give ourselves to the service of others, that doesn't mean that you're going to want to do it every single time. But you know what? God speaks to us when we do that, when we, when we give to others, especially when we don't want to give. And those are the things that make the biggest difference. You won't, you won't always want to do kindness. You, you won't always want to give the way God wants you to give. But we need to anyway. An abundant giving seeks nothing in return. I didn't ask anything from him. I just wanted to be sure that he was okay. He wasn't going to croak. I'd have had to touch his underwear and do something with him or something. I don't know. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. So how do we do that? Real quick. How, how, how do we do this abundant love? How do we do this abundant kindness? How do we do this abundant living? Well, here, here's three real quick things. How you can give away an abundant life and get more of that life in return. How about be a neighbor? That's what Jesus says. You can go help somebody move some cows. Go help somebody gather some bulls. Just be a neighbor. I never ask for any sort of payment whenever I go uh, help people work cattle. If they want to make a donation or something to save the cowboy, that's fine. But I don't do it for the money. I do it because there's a biblical sense of being a neighbor, of going and giving, not, not to get something in return. I just go just to, just to be a neighbor. Go help someone move some cows. Go help someone move some hay. Go help someone fix a fence. Go help someone paint a building. I mean, it doesn't matter. Just if you see a need or somebody needs some help, just go do it. And, and I'm telling you that most of the time when you know you should is when you don't want to. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the truth. A lot of times, giving and, and giving away an abundant life, it, it's messy. It, it, it's, it's not convenient. There's nothing convenient about it. But I don't think that Jesus dying on the cross was real convenient either, was it? Yeah, he gave his life. The second thing, just offer a friendship. I mean, just be a friend. It's not working cows that I love. It's not riding Fiona that's my favorite. It's riding with other cowboys and hearing their stories and their thoughts and their experiences. That, that, that's the part of cowboying that I I love the most is just riding with with other cowboys and cowgirls just being a friend it, it just just listening lend an ear when you lend an ear you give love hear about what they go through it, it, you'd be surprised shut your mouth and open your ears if you want to give away abundant love and abundant kindness and abundant giving give just lend an ear give an ear the bulls came into that pen and immediately they locked up head to head the rancher went the only safe way out and i had two choices Actually, I had three choices. I had stay where I was and get dead. I wasn't real fond of that choice. The second thing I could do was jump over the fence or jump over the gate because I was 
closing the gate. That was my job whenever they went in. I could jump over the gate, but the problem is, is they were heading towards the gate. They were heading towards right me, right me. And I, if I jumped over, there's a chance that they could fight and I would be just like a nutcracker, okay? I mean, that gate could have just smacked. I mean, I've known some cowboys that were hurt real bad, if not killed, getting caught in, in the fulcrum part of a gate. So that was out of the question. So what I did is I ninja levitated. No, not really, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. What I did is I just jumped on the gate. You're now cowboy etiquette. You're not ever supposed to climb over a gate unless there's two 2000 pound bulls fixing to kill you. And then you can make sort of an exception. So I jumped on the gate and I wrapped one arm around it and I just shut my eyes and both those bulls hit me. Boom. And if you've ever seen bull and the gate wasn't latched yet because I was still in the process of latching it. And they hit me, and I mean, it was like 14 guys took that gate and just swung it as hard as they could. Those bulls hit me right in the butt and mashed me up against the gate. And I immediately heard the rancher go, are you okay? And I rode that gate around, and it bounced off the other side. And so I rode it back. Because that's what I had done in my pants. I blamed it on the water trough. Do you want to know how you can give away an abundant life? Just be a neighbor. Be a friend. Visit with people. And the last, live a little skin. Giving abundantly is messy, dirty, impractical, sometimes dangerous, and many times painful. You want to know if you're giving abundantly? Your giving is probably going to be all of that. But what we get in return is that peace, is that joy, is that purpose. We get all of that in return. No matter what we give, we always get something better in return. Do you want to get to heaven with a testimony of, well, you know, I played it real safe and my hands stayed real soft and clean. Is that how you want to get to heaven? Or do you want to be like me? You want to go sliding in there half broken. Woohoo! Wee! <laughs> and that's what I want. That's the kind of life I want. And that's the kind of life that Jesus wants for you is a life of excitement, of adventure. But you're not going to get it closing yourself off and just claiming that you love God, but never doing anything for other people. Get out there and live. Live dangerously. Go gather some bulls. Be a friend. Be a neighbor. Leave a little skin on the gate. Come back with bruises. It's well worth it. An abundant life is waiting for each of you. Figure out how to give it away and you'll discover that it returns to you in abundance. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. It's biblical and it's a promise from God. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you for allowing us to love others. Help us to reflect the light that comes from you and lives inside of us. Show us how to be awesome and how we as a church need to behave towards those who don't know you, but especially those that are sitting beside us here. God, let us come together as a church should and be awesome that everyone will want what we have. And they can have you, can have an abundant life by deciding to turn their backs on the world. Just right. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.